When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode 117, and today I'm going to talk about a couple great backlist titles. So hello. Today I'm going to talk about some scary books, because it's almost Halloween, and it seems like I should. Usually I don't get very excited about Halloween or any holidays in general, but this year I'm really feeling it. I've been trying to read as many scary books as I can. Um, you might have heard me talk about The Twisted Ones this week on all the books. Uh, it's my favorite scary book of the year, The Twisted Ones by T. Kingfisher. Um, there's a book coming out that I keep mentioning. Uh, it's out in March of next year called The Return by Rachel Harrison. So good and scary. Um, very excited about that one. Just like this year for some reason, like, give me all the scary things. Uh, so I'm going to talk about a couple of scary books. Uh, before I do that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. So, like I said, today's picks are scary books. I want to give just a general blanket trigger warning. Um, each of these books contains terrible things happening to people, um, you know, mentions of, of abuse and assault and, you know, murder. It's just, you know, they're, they're horror books. Um, so if that's something that bothers you, you know, I would skip this, this episode. Um, but, uh, if not, then come with me because let's talk about them. Uh, my first pick is The Good House by Tanana Reeve Dew. This is probably the most Stephen King-like book that I've read People are always like, I want to read something like Stephen King, and this is definitely it. Um, the Imaginary Friend just came out a few weeks ago, and that is very much like Stephen King, but he did try to write it in the style of Stephen King, uh, like as an homage to Stephen King. Um, so, of course, it kind of seems like Stephen King. Uh, but this one, just I just read it, and I was like, that is such a great comparison. Um, so it's The Good House, and it there's a woman named Angela. She's the main character. She's returning to her family home uh, in Washington, which is called The Good House, and uh, her grandmother lived there many years before, um, and it's kind of very well known in their little town here in Washington. Um, she's living there with her teenage son, Corey. Uh, she is now divorced. Um, her husband, Tariq, uh, he has a bit of a temper. He's been very threatening. He has a substance abuse problem, uh, and she is kind of relieved to be rid of him. Uh, so she's living with Corey, who is a very temperamental teenager and doesn't treat her very well either. Um, and so they're at this house, the good house, and there's a bunch of people that gathered one day. And Corey somehow, I can't give away too much, but he ends up in the basement and uh, nothing good happens to him. He dies. And 
is very upsetting, obviously. No one knows what happens. And Angela's so distressed, she leaves the house. And then finally, two years later, she's feeling strong enough. She wants answers. She wants to know what happened because she doesn't think that, you know, what people are saying happened it was actually what occurred. And she's remembering stories. And so she decides she's going to return to the good house and get some answers. And as the story is going on, we learned about the house's history. This is not the first time there has been something evil, you know, in the house or that has visited her family. Um, we know that seven decades before, her grandmother was known as kind of a healer. And she uh, healed a cursed woman of her demons, which made the demons very angry. Like, they were very unhappy that she did that, so they kind of cursed her house. Uh, so there's lots of creepy stuff going on. Lots of good scares. Uh, I have to say, uh, you know, Corey is so rotten to his mom. I'm kind of like, eh, save him, don't save him, I don't care. Um, you know, let him be a basement snack, that's fine. But there's some great stuff in this book. Uh, so it, it, I think it's being made into a television show now, or a movie. So it should be back in publication soon, because it kind of goes in and out. Like, sometimes they have, like, very expensive paperback copies. Sometimes it's not available. Um, but it goes back and forth. So hopefully it'll be available again soon if it is not right now. It is The Good House by Tanana Reeve Dew. And my next pick is The Elementals by Michael McDowell, which I think I talked about on the very first episode of the show. And I haven't since, which is surprising to me because it comes up so often when people talk about horror books. Um, it was written in 1981. I only read it a few years ago, which surprises me. I have no idea how I managed to miss this. Um, but it's about this family, the McCrae's and the Savages. Um, they're all related. And they live in Mobile, Alabama. And they own several summer, summer homes. Summer homes? Summer homes uh, on the Gulf of Alabama. Uh, they have these three Victorian homes that they usually visit. Um, they're called Beldame. And it's kind of like uh, cut off from the rest of of the coast where they are, like, there's, like, this big wath of sand that kind of, like, separates them. They've got their own, like, little private section of this, of the Gulf here. Um, and it's been a particularly hard year for the family. Uh, someone has died. People are getting divorced. So they decide that, you know, it's been a while since they have vacations. They're going to go to the homes and gather together, gather their thoughts. But when they get there, they have these three very large Victorian homes. And... Two of them are fine. One of them, however, uh, the sand has come up, like, uh, on the side to the second-story windows. Um, and it's kind of, like, making its way into the house. It's, like, swallowing the house. Um, and what we soon learn is that also inside that house that is being swallowed by the sand is an evil that has been eagerly awaiting their return uh, and has all kinds of not good things in store for them. So, like, at the beginning, like, uh, one of the children is sort of crawling around and climbs up the sand dune and looks in the window and sees something. And it's just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, scary. And, like, the characters in this book are characters. They're real characters. They're dysfunctional. They're moody. They, some of them are mad at each other. Um, they've got all these issues going on. And meanwhile, the sand is up to no good and... Also, that some of the children have memories of something like being bad about this place when they were young, but they seem to have forgotten them. I have to tell you, I don't know. People in movies are always like, they just remember things. You know, in horror movies, they're like, oh yeah, when I was little, I saw this scary thing. And I, I'm thinking, 
I would, I would not forget that. Like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that would be high on my list of things that will always be in the forefront of my mind that I will never forget. But hey, so, you know, people do what they have to do to survive. So, yeah, scary. Super scary. Kind of what's scary about this book is what is absent, um, as opposed to, like, everything, you know, being there. Although there is a very real thing right there at the very end. Um, but it's kind of like, more of your imagination is scaring you with this book. Um, also, what I did not know until I read this book is that Michael McDowell is the creator of Beetlejuice, which it stunned me. I had always assumed it was Tim Burton, but apparently it's Michael McDowell. Like, he came up with the character of Beetlejuice. Tim Burton turned it into a film, made it famous, you know, and that's it. But he um, he was great, and he has written several horror books. I read a couple... After I read this one, The Amulet, and a couple others, um, he was really great. Uh, sadly, he died um, in the early 1990s, but um, this book keeps popping up on lists everywhere. It'll keep it going. I do have to say that, like a lot of classic books, this does have some outdated culturally insensitive language and terms, uh, which an author would definitely be called out for today if they tried to use them. Um, but, you know, so if that's something you're sensitive to, I want to to point that out to you as well. It is 40 years old, um, and we hope that, you know, he would have learned from this. Um, but this one is The Elementals, and it is Michael McDowell. And so for my, for my dealer's choice today, I just found out that there is a book coming out in January called Blood Countess by Lana Popovic, and it's out January 28th. I'm really excited because... When I was very young, and when I was a young ghoul, as opposed to an old ghoul, um, I was super into Elizabeth Battery, um, or Elizabeth Battery, as her name is said in Hungary, where she is from. Uh, she is the Blood Countess. You may have heard of her. Uh, she she kind of gets lumped in with the Vlad Tepes lore. Um, she was a countess in in the 16th century. Yeah, 16th century. Uh, between 1585 and 1609, she is accused of murdering uh, 650 young women to bathe in their blood to try and keep herself young. Um, so you may have heard that story, um, but I, I loved that story. I also read the book by Andrei Kudrescu, which is super dirty, um, but really good called The Blood Countess as well. Um, and it's kind of exciting because both Andrei Kudrescu and Lana Popovic are from that area, so... I, I can't wait to read what she has to say about it. Um, but it, it, there's been, like, some, you know... Some people say that she was completely innocent, that this was, like, a power grab for land, kind of like what happened to the Salem witches. Um, some people say she was guilty. Uh, so she and her cohorts, the, the uh, servants that helped her, um, they were all executed, and she, because she was royalty... Uh, or a noble, I should say, she was not executed and instead immured in a room in her castle, which means that she was sealed up in a room and just left in there uh, with a little hole slide food under uh, for, for many years because um, they couldn't execute her. So that, you know, that sounds like a better idea. Um, but I don't know, I've just always been so fascinated with this story. You hear um, different versions of it all the time and... Oh, goodness, there was a book a couple of years ago about a relative of hers being... And I'm forgetting the title now, but I'll think of it eventually. Um, the author's last name was Lee. Oh, my goodness, I'm forgetting. Um, but I'll remember it and put it in the show notes. Uh, it's just... Yeah. So, like I said, 
totally gross, weird stuff going on today. Um, but, yeah, it's Halloween. I have to say, I was super excited about the Blood Countess because um, my license plate, I love I love vanity license plates. Um, it was almost a mirror. Uh, but then I went with Nosferatu, like when I was like 18 years old. Um, which, which uh, this is how old I am. When I went to the, the DMV to get my license plate, they like, they're like, what's your first pick? And it was like Nosferatu, and then it was a mirror. And so I'm so old that they are worried about people doing something, you know, racist or horrible or offensive on their license plates. And so she was like, what does this word mean? And I was like, it means a vampire. And she called the library, because this was before the internet, um, or before the internet was available to everyone. And uh, she had to call the library and ask them to give them, to give her the definition of it, because she didn't believe me. But I, I did end up getting Nosferatu when I was like 18 years old, so I never got a mirror. And that's my, that's my exciting um, DMV story. I, I'm sure everyone has one. Um, now I'm just babbling, but I just like talking to you. It's fun. So, all right, scary books. We covered all that. We're good. We're good here. That's it for me. All right. So that's it for me this week. Thank you to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today and the one that I cannot think of at the moment uh, in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And if you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or Elizabeth Battery or see pictures of my books or my cats, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty, on Litzy Under Liberty, and on Instagram at Franz and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday with Jen Northington to tell you about the week's great new releases. Patricia will be back next week with some older picks. So have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading.